Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Welcome back, beautiful. Um, we are at episode 25, I believe, and the new truth about aging and beauty. And we have a very, very, very special guest on The View today. <laughs> we, we were just laughing about how our interviews aren't really interviews. They're more like episodes of The View. <laughs> um, and her name is Sinclair Kennelly. She is unbelievable, magical, magical woman. I met her. Um, at an event not very long ago. Gosh, we must have had lifetimes, other lifetimes together because it doesn't feel like we just met at the beginning of COVID, actually. Um, we met at an event in San Diego, a podcasting event in San Diego in early March, and I fell in love with her. She went on stage. We were actually sitting at the same table, and she went on stage and did, we each were doing a little pitch about why we were, why we should be interviewed on the podcasters' podcasts that were there. And Sinclair got on stage and she fucking rocked it. She was so mesmerizing. I don't even remember what you said, but it was really powerful. And it was about health stuff. So I was like, oh my God, I need you. Ah. Um, and she was so amazing and so mesmerizing. And then she came back and she was sitting right next to me. And I didn't like know it because I hadn't connected with her prior. And I tapped her on the shoulder and I was like, you're really cool. <laughs> and she was like, thank you. And then it, that, that's that, how Kate makes friends. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I make friends. <laughs> it's true. I tap people on the shoulder and Hi, I love you. Make it in back. <laughs> or you're really pretty. I think I said that too. Um, she's gorgeous and powerful and mesmerizing and unbelievably brilliant. And we had some mm. awesome connection in San Diego and we've connected a few times since we've been home. And I just adore her and I'm I, I want to pick her brain, you know, over and over. She's just so brilliant. Everything to do with health and how we can take our power back. And so we chose to make this episode specifically about beauty and aging because this is the thing that is so prevalent, especially when it comes to women and dating and love. And there's so much obsession with what we look like and with this desire to never age. And, um, you know, Catherine and I, we're, we're super fired up about this topic. I just turned 39 this year and I'm bumping up against my own edges around aging and beauty. And, um, so we wanted to unpack this conversation with someone who's an expert on how to actually not rapidly age like we all are doing and where you don't have to inject your, your face with chemicals in order to not age. But there's so many other ways you can slow down the process and actually glow from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And she knows things that I've never heard before in the health industry. So I'm super excited to share her with you. Now I'm going to read her formal bio. That was my version. Um, so Sinclair Kennelly is a health 
health pioneer, coach, and activist. She's coached thousands of high-performing visionaries from NSA, whoa, I haven't read this before, this is cool, from, pardon me, NASA scientists to COOs of 50, 50 million plus companies. What? Holy cow. <laughs> oh my God. She, she has coached thousands of high-performing visionaries from NASA scientists to CEOs of $50 million companies, Tony winning, Tony award winning artists, best selling authors. Oh my God. I didn't know this. Cool. Mm. Whoa. And, uh, she's on a mission to help change makers detox to feel like themselves again and get to their best work. Her, she has a podcast. She's actually launching the same week this episode comes out. It's called Vision Nation Radio, and she's going to be sharing all of her br brilliance on that uh, podcast. I cannot wait. I'm going to listen to it every week. Is it? Is it every week? Yeah. Yes, twice a week. Uh, twice a week. Oh, my twice God. Twice a week. Twice a week. Holy. Wow. Cannot Generous. wait for this podcast. So without further ado, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I'm like stunned by this bio. I should have read it before I read it on here, but it was so awesome. That's crazy. I had no idea what level of people you're working with. And that's so cool to hear because obviously like the higher level you're playing and the, the bigger arena you're playing in, as Brene Brown says, the more you have to be vibing at your highest vibes possible. So it makes sense. Um, that you'd be working with people like that. And I'm so excited to have you here and share your wisdom and brilliance and talk about aging and beauty and all the bullshit that women face. And yeah. So why don't we get started with, um, I'd love to hear a bit about your story. Like what led you, what was the most pivotal thing that led you to where you are right now and to, to doing this work in the world? Well, I had to learn it all the hard way. <laughs> so let's just, Let's be really honest about that. Like yes. I was meditating on a lily pad and it's all <laughs> I came down from heaven. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was channeled, but, uh, very much the hard way. I'm, I'm hard headed and I certainly tried my best to push through life and I really had to get hit over the head over and over again. Like there is an easier way and it's not too late. So <laughs> I just want to start there. Um, so for anybody out there who is struggling with health issues, it may have been for a long time, whether it's mental or emotional or physical health. I just want you to know that you're not alone and it's not too late because this took me 20 years of serious health problems. And by the end, I couldn't, um, I couldn't read an email. I couldn't write a sentence. I couldn't stand up for more than 10 minutes at a time. I had totally lost who I was. I was in so much pain physically and all the other levels. So the light bulb moment for me was when, um, Michael, my love, who actually saved my life, uh, he was scouring four different continents trying to figure out what was wrong with me and how to bring me back from the dead, basically. Wow. And, I know. And um, he came back from a European toxicology conference and he said, this is it. I know this is what's wrong with you. And everything fell into place from there. So it's pretty amazing. Wow. A European toxicology conference. Yeah. What was the journey back? It was a couple of years of really hard detox work. We were learning it all, you know, the hard way because the problem is when it comes to toxins, just so everybody knows, this is a very rapidly developing situation. So anything that used to work 10 years ago may not be relevant mm. or may affect you differently today. Like in 2008, there was an incredible study done with over 1,200 participants, Europeans and Americans, and we averaged 10 toxins per cell which is an enormous body load. 
Right? Oh. Enormous. And then the study was repeated in 2018, just 10 years later, and he went from 10 toxins per cell to 500 <gasps> toxins per cell. What? So this is what I mean when I say it's yeah. rapidly developing, and we're trying to mm -hmm. you know, get a handle on it, but most of the medical community doesn't even know that this is an issue. Mm -hmm. It wasn't when they went to medical school. And so things that the body used to tolerate, the problem with toxins is 1 plus 1 does not equal 2, 1 plus 1 equals 11, because mm -hmm. there are all these secondary and tertiary chain reactions that stress the body mm -hmm. out. No, mm -hmm. so, um, it's tough because we had to we had to learn all this the hard way. Each expert, there's like the world expert on aluminum and there's the world expert on, you know, each of the issues and they don't necessarily talk to each other. They all have their little silos. So we had to step back and learn all the hard way. Like, how do we pull back from here? And we mm -hmm. think we were the, the early canaries in the coal mine. You know? mm -hmm. Wow. I've Go ahead. Go ahead, Kate. No, you go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I'll say something I after. Just, I mean, essentially where my heart is in this moment is our conditioning, right? So the new truth stands for breaking free from the old paradigm of life, which says there's only one way for a woman to live. Get yep. married, have kids, that's your path. And I feel like it took me, so I'm, I'm 32 years old and Learning how to take radical responsibility for my life was like no freaking joke. You know, like I, I came up against so much and it was so much bigger than just like this make me cry. I'm about to be 11 years sober next month and talk about toxic in your body, right? Alcohol every day. But, um, you know, I feel like we have to start with some, maybe some core beliefs about what we're inviting women into because we're about to bump up against a ton of conditioning in this episode, right? Around how much choice you have over your health. And I am very grateful to not have struggled with major issues, but I'm married to someone who does. And so by virtue of that, I've been deeply involved with what it takes to become healthy. And I feel like we have to even talk about what that even means because there's all kind of definitions, right? The freaking food pyramid is what we learned about in school, right? On being healthy now. <laughs> into like, I feel like I let's start with what what are you inviting us into right now? Maybe some like core beliefs or core values and letting women get on board because right now we're going to challenge lots of things that people are being told right online. Um yeah, I, I can feel that. myself like gearing up on like, this is what I want, right? Like Kate and I have, have taken a stand for you not only get to have, right, the life and relationship you want, you now can have the relationship to aging and your own beauty and radiance that you want. But what do you feel like are the core beliefs that someone must begin to let their minds wrap around, you know, to receive this conversation? Okay, so I've got three and I love this question. I think it's brilliant. Um, the first one is people in white coats do not have all the information that you need. And it's not their job to be in charge of your health. Mm -hmm. The only one who can do that is you. <laughs> and that's a really scary thing to actually take in and live when you're starting from an undereducated place like we all are, you know, yes. so 
I, I just acknowledge that right up front. I, I'm not even going to pretend I did not want to learn this. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to be in charge of my health. I actually tried to drink myself to death um, in the process of getting misdiagnosed over and over again. I was like, okay, I just give up. So yeah. I, I will tell you that I have been there and I understand that this is a tough one to learn. But the what's on the other side of it is the second belief, which is that um, your body is actually brilliant. And in every circumstance where you think to yourself, and I hear this from women all the time and it breaks my heart, like when you hear yourself say, oh, why is my body failing me right now? Whether it's the wrinkles or the weight or the exhaustion or the emotions or your cycle, it's we're treating it like it's our enemy. And actually all of these symptoms are gorgeous signs that difficult work is being done underneath in your honor. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yes. It does so to me. That's belief number two. So belief number one is you're in charge. Belief number two is your body is brilliant and it's not against you. It's absolutely for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what till the end. And number three is it's not too late. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to have this conversation without going into overwhelm or irritation, at least, or depression. Something that doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, because it's such a tough topic. But the truth is it's not too late. And you can see miraculous changes, major relief in just a few weeks. And even though the healing process may take a couple of years, you can really... And feel like yourself again in every way that you ever wanted to. And so in terms of aging, did you feel, did you, do you, you look younger now than you did before, right? Yeah. So I'm 36. And when I was 31, I was getting mistaken for someone in her late fifties. Oh my God. And that is all like how many people, I just think of how many people just live with chronic health issues and don't even think of them as health issues. You know, like I used to have for years, I was t- telling you on our last call that my sleep has been way better, mm-hmm. but I was having sleep issues for about 10 years, having, um, you know, um, irregular bowel movements for like 20 years and exhaustion, you know, every other day for years. And these are things I'm still unpacking, but have had some great shifts very, very recently. And I've literally tried so many different things, but these, these health issues that I've had have just become normal. And it's because we hang out with other people who have them too. And so they're just normal. And so it's no wonder, you know, we're probably getting gray hair faster. We're getting wrinkles faster. We're like weight gain or whatever the symptoms of that we're perceiving as aging are happening faster. And then we're getting all these messages, you know, from, I mean, I think of Instagram and Snapchat and all these filters that are, and, and editing apps that are in place now. So people are looking at their faces. They're, they're, they're on some level unwell because how could we not be in the world we live in? And I know you'll talk lots about that. Um, but they're, they've got all these symptoms of being unwell. So they're, they're feeling less attractive. Then they put, slap a filter on or edit themselves in a photo or see someone mm-hmm. else's edited photo and think that that's what their face, face, pardon me, is supposed to look. I'm so fired up about this. That's what their <laughs> face is supposed to look like. And then, you know, they buy into the whole Botox is the only option, injections, you know, let me get myself some new cheeks butt cheeks or cheek cheeks. Um, and then I'll feel beautiful again. And, yeah. and, and I literally have this argument or conversation with friends of mine that do it where they say, no, I actually feel more confident and I don't 
believe them. And I don't agree because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's never ending. It's never enough. And how, like, you, how can you feel more confident when you actually can't communicate with your face anymore? Like, I watch all these actresses on TV and my heart fucking breaks because they're trying to emote and you can't even tell that they're, like, all you see is water dripping down their faces. You can't actually see their feelings anymore. And this is what we're doing to ourselves. And it breaks my heart. I think of, like, women have, because of this pressure to not age, women have to literally fucking freeze ourselves in time and that this has become the new normal. And I, I don't know what it's like. I mean, you're in California now. So in Vancouver, it's literally everyone. It's like all these 20-year-olds I know. It breaks my heart beyond and nobody's talking about it nobody's talking about nobody's standing up against it nobody's sharing and and so the reason i felt super compelled to bring you on to this episode is because the reality is we are aging too fast we are aging faster than normal which is why we're all buying into the pressure and we're being brainwashed as to what we're supposed to look like so that's why we're headed to the you know plastic surgeon dr fucking botox who i saw in his range rover the other day literally his license plate was dr botox i drove by and fingered him not no i didn't i didn't really get in my head me and andy were like oh fuck that guy um but we're buying into all these messages and just following the the lineup to just like go do the thing that we're supposed to do without even questioning it without even questioning the damage that that thing is causing and the ramifications that that thing is causing and yet here you are like teaching people how to completely redo their whole entire life so that they can feel 10 years younger, 20 years younger, vibrant, healthy, alive. And that's what's beautiful. That's what's magnetic is feeling alive, not having your face on the outside look like it's not moving and not making wrinkles. So I think that's so important to say. And first to just be honest about this, um, we're getting a lot of messages. Oh, we're getting a lot of messages that it's um, really not okay to be who we are and feel how we feel right now. And I actually believe that your friends feel better when they do that. And not that it lasts, but it's temporary. Um, we're, we're desperately seeking relief and it's okay to seek relief. I just would hope that you find it in a way that lasts for you and is right for you. Um, so you're not going to get any judgment from me around it, but I do want you to understand the consequences of it because Botox is a remedy. It's not a solution. Yes. And there's a big difference between the two. And most of the things that are being sold to you are remedies and not solutions because it's, we're, it's a multi-trillion dollar industry. Yes. We're supposed All to show it. up. All of it. Frozen in time. Show up, but don't take up any space. Yeah. Mm, that's why it makes me so angry. Yeah. Show up, but don't feel. We've been taught our whole lives to numb our feelings and now we're numbing mm -hmm. our feelings even more. That's what breaks my heart. And, and it's, it's like, the date, you know, it's like chasing the guy. It's the quick fix where it does. I'm so glad you said that because I yeah. don't, I, I agree. It does feel good in the moment. It's like you get that little hit of, Ooh, I, you know, got a new outfit or got a new car or got a new man. And like, Oh, I feel good right now. Mm -hmm. But it's another temporary thing with a lot of long-term side effects. And same with the pharmaceutical industry, you know, that you take you take a medication and you feel better in the moment, but is it actually getting to the source of what's causing the issue? No, it's suppressing the messages that your body is trying to send you, and the side effects are often worse than what yes. you're trying to cover up in the first place. Yeah. Yes. It's, it, it's just, I feel like for all the women listening, if you haven't pulled over, you might want to pull over, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're not sitting down with like a journal and to just breathe, because I feel 
for me, breaking free from the old paradigm of love. I mean, I was a love addict. You know, I broke up and got back together with my ex 17 times, you know, like I needed this man to marry me, you know, and, and we, and every episode we say like, we're essentially, we are, we're going to be creating a challenge. It's a detox from the old paradigm, right? Because it is a detox. It's in our system and detox, you know, you've used that word already now and how powerful that is. And that's part of the path, right? Detoxing from the toxins that are in, it's in our culture. It's in our mind, let alone in the foods we eat and the people we surround ourselves with. And I, you know, it's never lost on me that it's in, I mean, the patriarchal culture, right? It's your job to be the flawless beauty. It's your job to have a boyfriend. It's your job to be a parent. You know, not, God forbid, you are free to be yourself. God forbid you are radiant from the inside out. And being vibrant was revolutionary for me. Because I would have told you I was healthy. Oh, I worked out. I ate fairly well. I was young. I was a major athlete. I was going to the gym every single day. I'm a a yoga teacher. You know, I'm healthy, but I've done Botox twice (laughs) and immediately felt the ramifications of it. Um, in not being able to think all of a sudden I was slurring my speech. All of a sudden Mm -hmm. I was watching that I, I would try to speak and then pause. I'm a little bit like I'm doing right now, but I've not gotten Botox. <laughs> I did it twice and we'll never do it again. Um, but I, I believe we're losing the soul mm-hmm. of humanity and our body is represents the soul, right? Women are not taught to even have a relationship with their body. I'm taught to view my body like a machine that's designed yes. for someone else's pleasure and v- slowly but surely learning what vibe being vibrant means to me and slowly but surely going like fighting. I mean, it is hard to commit to rituals and practices, right? I mean, it's hard having habits that support your well-being. It's hard, you know? And so I'm sure you're going to give us a bunch of suggestions today, but one of, I'll just out myself right now. One of my current practices that has been very hard for me is getting enough sleep. I mean, really fighting that, like wanting to stay up late, (laughs) but knowing that I, I will just, if I'm not getting enough sleep, it's impossible to be vibrant because the answer is not what many people do, which is shove 15 cups of coffee right into their, into their system, you know, and, and this quick fix culture is rampant. And I'm so proud to have this podcast. So proud to, to only be inviting the highest quality people on it, you know, to, to share this message. And so I'd love like to, so we've now talked about Botox. I feel like we have to just kind of go here now. Um, and, and Sinclair, I'd love to just lay it, lay it on us here, um, about Botox. Okay. So, um, Botox is one of the most poisonous substances known. And wow. And it's actually a neurotoxin. And one of the falsehoods that they tell you, um, which the FDA actually required, um, that they stop saying and they change the disclaimers on the box, um, just a couple of years ago is that uh, it doesn't move. It doesn't uh, actually migrate in the body, but in fact it does. And they had to change the language around that because it's been proven over and over again to be false. So you have this potent neurotoxin that you're putting 
right up against a very well circulated area with a uh, right near your brain, and there are no protective mechanisms in between. And when you add on to the fact that we're in such a toxic environment that all the brain's normal flushing mechanisms are held up and they're not allowed to happen, like for example, in the presence of Wi-Fi and other EMFs, your brain cannot flush out at night the way it's designed to do, because the cells are supposed to shrink down to 60% of their normal size, and the intracellular fluid is supposed to flush everything out that's accumulated during the day to protect the brain. That can't happen in our modern lifestyle. So you you have a, a really poisonous substance that's right up against this holy of holies, your brain. Mm-hmm. And it travels. It creates heart issues um, of all kinds, including heart palpitations, arrhythmia, and much more serious issues. It can cause bladder paralysis. It can cause all sorts of stuff. But... The thing that Kate alluded to and that you alluded to that is immediately apparent for most people is that it does change the way that you think and your emotions actually quite quickly. And you actually have a, a harder um, time accessing empathy and feeling the full range of your emotions mm-hmm. when you do it. And it, mm-hmm. that does those effects stay long past when it quote-unquote wears off. So the, that mo- muscle may not be locally paralyzed, anymore but the the poison is still present in your body and affecting you it hurts my heart i know i'm like trying hard not to cry so much i remember the first when i did it the first time so i'll just be honest i only did it because people in my life were doing it right I, i i wasn't really in the like i don't think i really was like oh i have wrinkles i'm gonna need to get rid of them it was like oh Every time I sign on to Facebook, pretty much every entrepreneur I see, their forehead's not moving (laughs) when they make a video. And so, okay, maybe in order to keep up with the Kardashians, if I want to be a visible, you know, coach, I'll do it. And I'll never forget. And I'm I'm an incredibly sensitive person. And so literally, the day I got it, I think I spent the entire day crying. Like I had this, like, what did I just do to my body? And I had a headache for 48 hours that I did not, no one said to me, you know, I was also thinking the person giving the Botox is not showing you what's on the box. Right. I, 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 like you're saying, it's like, you know, the FDI, a lot of things can go wrong, but they're not actually disclosed. But like, and, and, and I'm someone who's committed to being connected to myself. So I'm like thinking about everything you're saying and how, I, many women would have overridden any of the side effects, like in the name of what they were going to look Well, because like, everybody you know. does it, so it's normal. Right. But it, yeah, it's, it's become so normalized. Like, yeah. And then my husband, I mean, I, so then I had this major grief period, which I still go through when I pierced my nose many years ago. I still can't believe I put a hole in my face, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but this, you know, cultural pressure and then when my husband is reflecting it's not like all of a sudden my husband was like oh you're prettier (laughs) you know like it wasn't a visit you know he didn't say anything if anything what he was saying is are you okay i'm noticing lately that you are slower in processing thoughts or you're not as quick on your feet as you used to be and that was from one time doing botox um, and then it's impossible to do Podox when you're friends with Kate Harlow, really, because she's, <laughs> she's up in it all the time. And, and I have to like on a daily basis, like watch the desire and the story because of everyone else is doing it. 
but then come back into my body. And I imagine this is true. I mean, we talk about self-love as a buzzword, right? But it just feels impossible to me that when you are connected to yourself, mm -hmm. when you actually care about who you spend time with, I mean, that's everything we're talking about. Your, your choice of life partner is probably one of the biggest um, impacts on your health and well-being that there is, let alone what food you eat. But if I'm connected to my body, I'm going to pay attention to what I'm putting in my body. And I will yes. never again shoot a toxic chemical into my body and tell myself that it's in the name for feeling good for five seconds. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if, even for women that have done Botox for years listening to this and feel naked without it, because that's a phrase I hear. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I want you to know that there's a, there are many ways for you to get access to that feeling of grounded well-being that don't involve that poison and it's not too late and you you can actually retrain your body to open your detox pathways to mm -hmm. start flushing some of this out you know some of it can't come out with active work i mean none of it can come out with active work without active work if you've like you're fully stopped up <laughs> but mm -hmm. your body can get back into a rhythm of flushing out some of this on its own and some of it it will always need extra help with because you just weren't designed to detox things like aluminum we evolved with aluminum under the Earth's crust. There is no enzyme that we can build that will actually escort that out of the body. You have to help your body with that, especially mm -hmm. since we live in the age of aluminum. If you want to feel high energy and like yourself again, you have to have an aluminum strategy on board. You just do. Like Wait. what? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, what's the aluminum strategy? <laughs> I walked right into that one, didn't I? Yes, you did. <laughs> I, I want you to be really careful when you're considering your own um, health program and to always listen to your gut first and check with your own medical authority, you know, so you're not just, it's not one size fits all, but, um, and also be really careful with um, which binders you choose. So there are a class of supplements called binders and they're actually designed to grab at um, junk in your system and help escort it out of the body. And they do it to varying levels of effectiveness. So be very thoughtful about what you choose. And um, know that a lot of things that are marketed to absorb aluminum actually contain aluminum. So mm. <laughs> please don't just go out and buy any old thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things you can do, though, is drink. And this is everybody can do this. There's no excuse not to. You can drink organic horsetail tea. And that has bioavailable salicylic acid in it. And that will bind to aluminum and that everybody should be drinking that every day. Really? The organic. Yeah. Cool. And then, you know, we have all sorts of things that we teach our clients to do, like, you know, creating your own salicylic acid water. That's a special formula, which is actually one of my mason jars here and <laughs> helps speed up the process and be more effective. Mm. But you, everybody has access to something that is within their budget that they can start right now. Wow. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. And, and no, I mean, I'm, I'm watching at least once Kate, I found out Kate's very strong beliefs about Botox. I had to work with my own like shame and, and embarrassment around it. And, and that's not, you know, if you're feeling that right now, if you're like caught in it, like we love you and there's no mm -hmm. reason to feel ashamed or embarrassed. Like this is our culture, you know, yeah. and how many of us are robots just doing what we think we're supposed to do or what everybody else is doing. And, and the best thing that I've appreciated you said is like it's never too late like you can decide right now to stop yes <laughs> you and it, can and, 
it's no not matter how many times. Yeah, and it's not our fault. And my, I, I have a strong stance because it, it's the same as fairy tale love for me. It's in my gut, and I'm in it too, you guys. Like I'm 39. I look in the mirror. My, my mind, you know, my voice in my head picks out little things and tells me my lips should be bigger all of a sudden because everyone else's lips are all of a sudden really fucking big, and so. <laughs> And I keep seeing ads for big lips. Oh, and it, so this yeah. is the, it's subconscious programming. It's not our fault. And, you know, it's in my head too. I just choose to not follow that voice. And I, I have such a deep connection to my body that there's no way I would do it. And for me, every time I have this rage feeling in my body about something, it's just connected to something I'm meant to speak out about and meant to get to the bottom of. And that's why we're having this conversation. And that's why I don't judge people for it. I just feel heartbroken over it. And I feel like it's not our fucking fault. We're all scrolling on Instagram all day long, seeing fake people, people's fake faces that aren't even real. And then we look in the mirror and we see our, our face filtered and we look in the mirror and all of a sudden it doesn't look the same. So of course, and like, yes, it's the norm. Everyone's doing it. So it's just this thing that we just jump the, the bandwagon. We jump on. It's totally not your fault. Um, and you can choose something different. Like I, I just want to raise awareness around the impact that it has. And it, I mean, the psychological impact I've talked with. Carol Friesen, the somatic psychologist about it. And she said, our bodies are already so numb. The last thing we need to do is numb ourselves more. And, you know, I've like from so many different angles, I, I've, I've read studies on dating and how I'm just, I'm a, a friend of mine is dating right now. She's new to the dating scene. And guys, every single guy she talks to, she doesn't even wear makeup. She like tiny bit of concealer under her eyes occasionally, but she's just like, go, just so naturally beautiful and so, so healthy. She's a health nut, holistic, everything. She would love you. And she is out there dating and she's also really vulnerable and real and like has done a lot of inner work, all of the, everything else Catherine and I talk about and her experience. Every single guy is like, holy crap. You are so different. You're so real. The, I can't believe how deep we're going in these conversations. And she's like, what? This isn't even deep. This like, is who my are you life. talking to? <laughs> but the, most guys are out there dating women yeah. who are just so disconnected from who they are and so disconnected from their, the muscles in their face or the beauty of their soul. And I think, you know, the women that work with me and come to the immersion in Greece, every single one of them at the end of that experience is like unbelievably beautiful, magnetic, mm -hmm. radiant. We walk through the town of Greece and men are like, are these women famous? Like, who are these celebrities? And like, mm. there's this, like, this exuberance and this magnetism that is exuding off of them. And they're so beautiful. And all of a sudden they're seeing their own beauty. Like they've never seen it before. And that's without even changing the inner, like the health stuff. That's just the emotional world and really right. touching who the truth of who they are and their own soul. So add, you know, combine that with learning everything that you teach, like educating yourself on how to actually how to actually have a healthy relationship with, with your body where your body is your temple and you treat it that way. We only have one for the rest of our lives. And we, we have our whole lives been taught to put faith in marketing and to put <laughs> un un unconsciously, but put faith in, in the guys in the white coats or the women in the white coats thinking they know what's best for us. And I remember being um, 22 years old and going um, to my doctor uh, because I, 
my best friend had just committed suicide and she was like, here's some Ativan. It will help you. And intuitively, I knew that I was supposed to feel my feelings. I was not conscious at the time, but I, she gave me this bottle of Ativan. My parents got me the prescription and I was like, no, I'm not taking that. That doesn't make sense. My best friend just killed himself. Like I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be sad right now and not supposed to take a pill for it. And that's the world we live in. It's just like mask everything, cover everything, uh, put a bandaid on it. And rather than actually like have a healthy relationship with ourselves. And so your work is so complimentary to both what both Catherine and I do. And like, it just, I feel so excited to give these women a new perspective on how you can be unbelievably beautiful and slow your aging down tremendously, mm-hmm. but you can do it in a way that's honoring of you and not um, numbing. Yeah. And it's just about the building blocks of life. You know, I mean, the, like you're talking about the self-talk and the messages and the voice that you're choosing to take into your life and your body and live you know, building your world literally from the inside out, it does start there. Yes. And believing that it's not too late and stop reaching for the band-aids and start doing the research of what it's going to take. Because the food that you're eating by default is does not have enough nutrition in it. So we are all overfed and malnourished at the same time. Whoa. Can you say that again? That's a big statement. I've never heard that before. Yeah, so um, since the <laughs> actually this has been going down in uh, in terms of nutritional content for decades, and this is like one of the biggest secrets that's not a secret, but nobody seems to know. Um, the nutritional content in our food has been going down for decades and decades, and what the the vitamin and mineral values that are stated in like a carrot or a tomato, they they're like less than a tenth of what they were before even just a couple of decades ago. So what you're eating does not contain what you think it does just by default. So we Mm -hmm. are overfed and undernourished. So there's Mm -hmm. a reason why you're hungry. There's a reason why you're looking to feel better. You don't, by default, have the components you need to be vibrantly alive. Mm -hmm. So it takes a little bit of planning. But it's not hard once you understand how this works. Mm -hmm. So you got to rebuild your gut microbiome. You got to seal up all those gut linings and your blood brain barrier that have been broken down by things like glyphosate and, you know, little switches like eating organic, drinking actually clean water, you know, which is not what you've got. I can guarantee it unless Mm -hmm. it's distilled. These little changes make a big difference over time. And yes, it does take work, but you can feel like yourself. Or what you think is yourself within days. And it just gets better and better from there. Wow. Can you talk about the Wi-Fi stuff and how we can, like what we can do and then talk about that little machine? Also the Wi-Fi. So this is stuff that she told me about that I was really cool to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, but also the, um, the, I forget what I was going to say. Anyways, just the, the, how, how they can shift it now, but also the testing that you can do. Oh, sure. Um, so let's just start with this, this like obsession that we have with not being allowed to age. Right? <laughs> oh God, you can't, you can't show any life experience on this face. Um, and I actually yes. think that a lot of that is social conditioning and a lot of it is, and there's some layer of it that is, I want to look and feel radiant and alive. I want to look and feel as powerful as I, I think I can be at some level. And mm-hmm. I, so I do think that there are some positive piece in there that's ours 
and not just implant it. And part of why we feel like it's missing is because we're in an environment that doesn't feed us and actually wears us down. And this is one of the biggest open secrets. Um, the telecommunications industry is actually much more powerful than big pharma is in terms of lobbying. And so even in Canada, Kate, like you're CEO of former CEO of Microsoft in Canada, when he realized the breadth and depth of the Wi-Fi and EMF issue, he resigned from Microsoft and he actually built the Environmental Health Trust, which is getting the word out about how dangerous um, EMFs and Wi-Fi are. So if you haven't heard about this issue before, you may have heard like some concern about 5G in the background. That is one layer to this issue. And this is not edgy stuff. Over 14,000 published peer-reviewed studies are out there on the subject. This is not a mystery. This is actually very detrimental and it's, it is the smoking of our time because it's aging mm-hmm. us and fast forward and the damage is cumulative and nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> so, uh, there's a couple of things you can do though. Um, it does start with measuring like I was talking to Kate about, you know, there are meters that you can actually look at what your personal exposure is. And you want to do that wherever you're spending most of your day. So that would be sleeping is the number one thing. You want to have as low a voltage uh, in terms of uh, frequency and electricity on your body. You want to have as low a voltage as possible. And you want to have as low an exposure to the Wi-Fi and radiation as possible while you sleep because your body is supposed to be building your long, complex detox enzyme chains while you sleep and flushing everything out and doing damage repair work. You cannot do any of those things in the presence of Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and other types of EMS. So we're not getting enough sleep. Exactly. <laughs> Probably not a good idea to look at your phone all night before you fall asleep and then fall asleep with the bright light in your face and the phone in your hand. And then as soon as you wake up after not, after not getting enough sleep, the first thing you do is look at your phone. I mean, that's like one of the first habits I'm, I'm, I like, I'm asking clients about what's your relationship to your phone Good for you. before we can talk about anything. If you're about to say, I'm going to take responsibility for my life. It's the little things that make the biggest difference. And that's what's always been the best experience for me because it was so overwhelming to imagine changing my life in the beginning, but then learning, oh, it's actually these very small things that yield tremendous results. And um, both Andrew and I like really committed to never having a TV in the bedroom. You know, like we're not, it's, and my phone's been on airplane mode. I have big boundaries around it in general, like 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. airplane mode next to my bed. So it's still next to my bed. Should we not even have any phones in the room? Well, you want (laughs) want to be in airplane mode and you want to make sure that even though it's in airplane mode, your Bluetooth and your Wi-Fi is also off Off. because your phone actually emits three types of signals. So it's not just about receiving Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Your phone is actually emitting three different kinds of signals. So make sure all three of them are off so that you can actually sleep well. Because your brain trying to sleep in that Wi-Fi frequency is like trying to sleep with the lights on. Wow. So turn your router off. Get an Amazon timer for five bucks, you know, that turns it off at 11 p.m. or whatever every night. And so there's no excuse. It's a one and done. Yeah. <laughs> and get your phone in the habit of, you know, making sure it's in airplane mode. And you will thank me. You will feel. I've already felt. I've felt the. Dif- I've felt the difference. And I think psychologically, keeping it outside of the bedroom, mm-hmm. even if yeah. you use an alarm, put that. Just put it right outside your door, so you have to get up to. Which help. 
for me helps me wake up if I have to actually get up to get my phone. So I feel the best when I do that because in the morning, my voice in my head, my saboteur, she wants me to check my phone. Like when I'm laying in bed, like, oh, it'll help you wake up, read messages. But as soon as I do that, I have, I always have the worst days because I'll be pulled into someone else's world or something that's, you know, triggering or something that's stressful oh or, and it's like such, I mean, the first thing we do in the mor- in the morning is the most important thing. It's like, that's when we greet, how do we greet ourselves to the, in, at the start of the day? That's the beginning mm-hmm. of the setup for the whole day. So that's something I've been pretty mindful of and not, not every single night, but for the most part keeping my phone and I think actually my next level is like never have my phone in my bedroom that would be so cool like it's a technology free room mm. yeah just, I just made that up right that's now actually, that's actually that is what we have yeah we yeah. have it so that our body voltage is zero our radiation exposure is zero we have no tech in the bedroom probably and have better sex too yeah. better sex yes, yes. no one's texting no, no one's distracted in the bedroom like how many couples god I think um, Jeff, for the first couple of years of him having the restaurant, he would be in bed because he'd want, he'd still have work to do and I'd want him to be in the bed so that we'd be together because he'd always be up so late working and he didn't have work to do and he'd be like working next to me in the bed. But then it's like, okay, we're together and gay, I get to feel your warm body, but also you're like on another we're planet. In you're not together. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. We did that for so long. And then I was like, get out of here. I don't want your, I, I don't want your computer in my bedroom. Mm. Now I have my own apartment. So, <laughs> and, and, and speaking of sex, another reason for not no sex is exhaustion and stress. Right, yeah. let alone the technology, right? If I'm feeling exhausted, not vibrant in my body, mm-hmm. not sexy, not alive with desire, you know, right? That's all this is going to get in the way. Yeah, it does. And, and also if you're, if you do want to have a family and you're trying to conceive, you should know that Wi-Fi is, it's well established that this actually impacts your fertility for both men and women. Wow. Yeah. So do you work with, do you work with couples that are having infertility issues? Yeah, at times, yeah. Yeah. And um, what's what's essential is understanding the work that needs to be done before, you know, the actually I'm going to be reaching out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be reaching out because one of my, I, I mean, we're not trying anytime soon, not soon as in like five minutes from now, but within the next <laughs> year and have been very passionate about preparing my body for mm. Good for you. And I, I have to say it's a growing movement and I'm so glad because the mother transfers two thirds of her heavy metals to the firstborn child. Whoa. So you need to know what your body load is and you got to get it out. <laughs> and nowadays, God, that's crazy. Do you, do you think that's why autism is so high now? Cause nowadays the heavy metals now are way more intense than they would have been when our parents had us. Well, what I will say is this. I'm not an autism expert, so let's be really clear. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the last couple of generations, we've had ever-increasing um, exposure to different types of heavy metals. So like our grandparents, whatever they were exposed by or exposed to actually affected their genetics and what they passed on in terms of, you know, through the placenta. And so we, we've had a couple of generations of that now. So you notice in general... What our grandparents could tolerate, they had less, you know, quote unquote, lower quality food, but they could get away with a lot more stress and they were, had a lot more, you know, activity. Um, and, 
And the chronic illness rates used to be, just a couple of decades ago, 4% of children had chronic illness, and now it's um, 64%. 64? Yeah, so. Oh, my God. Well, let, oh. let me say it this way. Um, let me be more clear. So it used to be 4% of chronic illness, and now over 60% of the American population, period, is diagnosed with chronic illness. And over one in two children, by the time they reach 18, have a diagnosis of some kind of chronic illness. Yeah. So that's what the studies actually show specifically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a really big deal, and there is a cumulative effect. And when you look at autism and the increase in rates of it, um, it actually it goes up and increases in lockstep with a couple of key factors, which include the amount of glyphosate that our population has been exposed to year over year, starting in 1996. Uh, when we started putting glyphosate on food crops, it had been used as an herbicide on our lawns before that since the 80s, but you can see a huge spike as soon as you start putting on food, and it has also increased in lockstep with exposure to Wi-Fi and other types of radiation. So there's definitely a synergistic effect happening to our children with this modern lifestyle. And the more we understand it, the better off we'll be. And one of the things that's really interesting about autistic kids is that um, one of their defining characteristics is they have a very difficult time um, excreting toxins. Their bodies are not set up to do it well. So there are experts that... Um, do a great job at tackling this issue. I encourage everybody to follow Autism One. They do a great job of bringing together um, some of the best minds alive in our time tackling this mm -hmm. issue, and it's not too late. So if wow. you have somebody in your life who has autism, please check out Autism One. They do really good stuff. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I just keep thinking, too, now kids are given phones. <laughs> like Now that that's like and Andrew and I have had lots of conversations about what our commitment is going to look like on how there's just no way my kids have on a phone. Like yeah. for quite a while. Um, but we were talking about all the things we can keep doing to protect from EMFs. So I'm sure you, we started with phone, Bluetooth off, Wi-Fi off, and airplane mode. No technology in the bedroom. What else? Turn off your Wi-Fi also while you're sleeping. And right. I'm just, I'm just saying a few things I remember that you told me. Um, <laughs> also the, the, yeah, those headphones that are wireless that are all the rage right now. I got them for Christmas or for my birthday. And I was like, um, thanks. Oh, the and my ear, yeah, my ears ache as soon as I put them in. And cause I'm super sensitive. So uh, let's talk about those. And then the other thing, um, was talk about those first and then I'll, come up with whatever the other one was <laughs> well yeah and generally you got to ask yourself how much is are these this internet of things you know these smart devices really adding to your life because they're actually exhausting you mm -hmm. and they the aging one, you yeah they are they're aging you and fast forward and they're also for whatever heavy metal load you have acting like an antenna and vibrating those damaging particles in your body creating more cellular damage and what people don't understand about heavy metal exposure is that it's, it's happened for all of us. It's not like an, an app, you know, an, something that's abnormal, like, oh, I had to have grown up in a quarry. No, it's actually in the food. It's everywhere. So it's a, you don't have to live in Flint, Michigan. A lot of our municipal water systems are actually very similar to Flint and are a Flint, you know, situation waiting to happen. So assume that you have exposure to the toxicity and that it would benefit you and your life force to start adding in some natural detox methods in an ongoing way and get 
the Wi-Fi out of your life, like lower it mm. as much as possible. Turn off the smart functions on your TV. Do you really need them? Just hardware things wherever you can. It's not adding to your life more than it's taking away from your life force. Oh, yeah. Like Alexa, Google Home, all these things now. Yeah. I remember. So my, yeah, my partner Jeff's into those. I'm like, when I came home from meeting you, I was like, get rid of those. They're <laughs> so bad. And even, like, you even told me putting your phone to your ear. Like, often oh, when I don't, don't have do that. headphones. Is your friend. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not supposed to put your phone to your ear or put your phone on your body. I used to put my phone, like, in my sports bra, which, like, my God, breast cancer. Like, I, not very often. But like occasionally, like oh, I need somewhere to put it. I'll slip in my sports bra. Like I didn't know. We didn't know. Yeah, and people wear them in the pockets. And I, I think like sometimes I'll put it in my raincoat pocket, and then I'm like, oh no. And then if I don't have my purse with me, I'll hold it because I remember now. It's but it's retraining myself because I, I, I just didn't even think about it because nobody's educating us. Yeah, actually, in your cell phone agreement, as the is the statement that you should never have it on your body. It should never touch your body. It says that in the agreement? Yes, who reads, look, who, nobody who reads, reads that? Who reads that? I keep, I, you know, I, I, wow. there's so much I've always taken for granted. And, and I appreciate, you know, how we started today with like, I learned the hard way. Uh, if you, if someone out there has learned things the easy way, let me know because I, I just that. think that's like not, and I, I mean, I, no one in my family, I never was in a hospital growing up. I never broke a bone. My sisters never broke a bone. I mean, I never had that experience. And then I marry and meet Andrew Daniele, who's had like 20 different surgeries. And, oh, wow. you know, what I had was in and out of hospitals with him. And, I, and I'm grateful because through fighting for his life, I've learned about what it means for me to be healthy. And then we're rearranging, so maybe kind of, we're going to like rearrange the values of our family that maybe I wouldn't have had conversations about had my husband not gone through this. And when we sat, I mean, we went to 52 doctors and when we sat with a functional medicine doctor who spent an hour and a half in a first session, not a like 20 minute fucking you know, tell me your symptoms for five minutes and then I'll tell you what pills to take for 10. And then there's five minutes left. Have anything else you want to say to me? You know, um, functional medicine. She was the first one to even introduce the concept of toxicity in my husband's body and show us and sit and show, we're going to do blood work. Here's what we're going to be looking for. Right. And asking conversations. And now, yes, my husband's on like 30 different supplements. I mean, he is taking a lot and he is vibrant again in a way that he wasn't before. And, you know, and he's willing to do that. You know, he's willing to do, you know, the things that he needs to do to be healthy. And I keep, you know, we're talking about beauty. We're taught that beauty is what you look like. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like we haven't even addressed that in this episode. Mm -hmm. Rather than life force, vibrancy, the way you are being in your body that has absolutely nothing to do with what you look like. It's how nothing. you feel. This is so true. I've had, I have days now still where I'm like, I feel like shit and I feel invisible walking through the world. And then days where I feel vibrant and I had great sleep and feeling super healthy. And then literally everyone checks me out every dog, kid, <laughs> man, woman, grandma, whatever. It's, and I, it's just like, it's magnet, magnetism. That, that's what beauty is, is when we feel alive, when we feel beautiful, not what we look, cause 
ex looks is all about external. It's other people's opinion of me rather than how I feel. When you can't move your face, you might look in the mirror and think that you look good, but you don't feel good. It's how you feel. And Sinclair, I feel like that's really what you're standing for. Like your mission, I mean, vision nation, you know, mm-hmm. like tell, tell us more from, or just anything you want to say based on, you know, where we've ended up here. <laughs> well, I think it's important for folks to understand like the three premises that we talked about at the beginning, right? That you are in charge of your own health. You are the CEO of your own health and your own body. Mm. And your body is the vessel for your vision, for your life. It's got to carry you through. So love it up, baby. Yes. And it will reflect on the outside, the work you put on and it, you know, your book you put into it on the inside. And like you said earlier, Catherine, Diet and exercise, like I sort of eat okay and I go to the gym, doesn't cut it anymore for all the reasons that we stated. So if you've done that part to date, good for you, sweetheart, and there's more work to do. If you really, if you feel like you came here with a mission for this lifetime, if you want to contribute, if you want to feel like yourself here and love fully and have adventures and be alive, then this is on the to-do list. And it just needs to get folded into your life as a daily thing. Like detox is not an event. It's a lifestyle. And we stress that over and over again because you're getting more exposure every day. You're, you're exposed to over a million toxic particles per day. And so there ain't a way around it. And trust me, I've tried. I was the asshole who was like, I, I've already decided I'm, I'm exiting. I'm going to drink myself to death. I don't want to learn this stuff. It's too late. You know, I, I had given up and Michael wouldn't let me. <laughs> Bless him. And we actually had a lot of fights about that. He said, no, I'm fighting for your life. Wow. Well, he was sick at the same time. Hmm. Life-threatening issues. So, I mean, he's truly an amazing man. I don't know what I did to deserve him. But. Can you tell us a little bit about your life with him and how different your life is now in terms of how you feel and how how much more beautiful you feel and how much more like energy you have and just what your life is like, you and him? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was tragic because when we got together, um, we met 10 years ago and um, – took a while to get together because we were both with other people. I was in a relationship I should have left five years earlier and mm. she and I were super codependent as I was getting sicker and sicker. So was she. Mm. And then I kind of pulled myself out of that temporarily, which Catherine, your husband would know as a Lyme um, person himself. Like I, I was, I have chronic acute Lyme. And uh, so you get these, these short lived up waves where you think, Oh, okay. I'm on the other side of it. And then you yes. get pulled back under Yes. It's devastating. Mm-hmm. So I met Michael during one of those short-lived up cycles and we had this beautiful honeymoon phase. And right as we moved in together, I started to crash again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't even want to move in. I was like, this is going great. Why, why would we ruin this? <laughs> when you find out who I really am, you're not going to like it. <laughs> and um, I got so sick that he had to take care of me. And I actually ended up in the hospital due to exhaustion and no one could figure out what was wrong with me, so I checked myself out. I just walked out. I, I was just like, I was just in the hospital gown. I just walked out. <laughs> mm. 
And I crawled into bed at home with him and I didn't get out for months. And he had to take, like, fully support me. And this is still, like, six months into our relationship. So the thing about the last several years is that we've had to have this multi-year leap of faith that something good was on the other side of this that still existed, even though both of us were so tortured physically. We never took it personally. It's just like, wow, life really sucks for me. Life really sucks for you. Hope I see you on the other side. Mm-hmm. This is crap. <laughs> and um, it was through the process of getting healthy that I really feel like we've met each other again. Oh, yeah, it's you. I, I thought mm-hmm. I liked you. And it's totally different. You know, it's hard to have a sense of humor when you're in pain. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to... Um, you know, be able to uh, to love and be generous when you don't feel like yourself. Mm. So. I so I'm so grateful for your story because my truth too is when I was struggling with Andrew, it, a lot of people aren't talking about chronic pain, or there still is, no. you know, the fairy tale idea. I mean, I, we got married in 2017. The past two and a half years of my, I mean, three first three years of marriage we spent. <laughs> you know, helping Andrew get well. And, you know, I, like with spiritual practice, with my own mentors and teachers and, and everything I believe, I have tried to hold that like there's a reason we came together, you know, and I'm grateful that my husband's a fighter and there absolutely were days when he wanted to give up. But I'm really grateful that infused in this conversation around aging and beauty is also like the truth of relationship. You know, and like, it's not all rainbows and butterflies and, and things happen and shit happens. That doesn't mean you then have to have an attitude that life is out to get you. Right. And, and it's the process of becoming because, you know, it's also, I love that. Like, oh, it's you, you know, and, and also for me, it's been like, oh, who are you today? Like, whoa, like you're a different man. Like, who am I becoming today? Like we, I met him when I was 27, you know, years old, like young, still figuring out who I, who I was. And, and I, for me, that's, that's the new paradigm of relationship too. Like, who are you now? Like, are you still in alignment with who my soul is becoming? And if not, I can bless and release. And if so, let's go and like, let's keep growing and all the, the things, you know, the conversations that we've had to have now are immensely different you know than I would have ever imagined and like taking a stand for what you value and it's just super powerful my god I'm sorry and I'm sorry for everything the two of you have been through and and thank you for sharing you know your story with us and for all that you're now committed to in your life to help other people I was just thinking oh sorry I was just I was just thinking hearing both of your stories that the importance of we never, you never know what's coming. Like we live in such an illusion of, of I've, I've spoke of my, my, one of my dear clients who lost her husband to cancer and they were 46. They'd been together 24 years. They planned another 50 years of their life together. They, they have two teenage daughters. They bought this gorgeous property, huge piece of land in, in, uh, outside of Brisbane in Australia and built their dream home and all of these things. And then her husband was gone and, and for the year and a half up until he passed away, she was his primary caretaker. And so I was just thinking of the importance 
of doing our own inner work and being healthy and vibrant within ourselves, not just for ourselves and for having a life that feels amazing and being beautiful and like slowing down aging and whatever, all these things we're talking about. But, you know, in relationship, this podcast is for women who really want to have healthy relationships that, you know, we have no idea what's coming with yourself or with your partner or with your children or with, you know, anyone in your life and the, your parents as they age. So the importance of us being in our most optimal state and, you know, as much of the time as possible for ourselves, but also for everyone we care about. Because what what good are you to, to, you know, care for your partner? If you're hanging by a thread too. Exactly. And honestly, like the investment in, in your health and your inner work is everything because it gives you back your resilience. I don't think, I mean, maybe we would all love to have an easy conflict free life, but that's not what we're going to get. So. No, 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 it's no. not. How can you like, what can you control? You can control your own level of resilience, inner and outer. And it just yeah. breaks my heart that people are willing to spend money on things like, Botox instead of, you know, enzymes and binders to get rid of toxins and things like that. And, and coaches and, and healers. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and using, um, talk therapy and thinking that's the best they're going to get instead of coaching expecting for a change. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the mental health and wellness movement, uh, but I want us to have a more sophisticated conversation within it about what is really possible. And it's not just about acknowledging the difficulties and the hidden pain. It's also about aiming for better. Yes. Yes. And being willing to show up and do the work, even when it sucks and it's messy and you don't want to. Yeah. And creating a life that feels good. (laughs) Creating a, you know what? It's way more work to be exhausted all the time and have shitty sleeps and, you know, like be sick. It's way more work and be in our saboteurs all the time, ego, whatever. Like that's actually more work. This just takes commitment and creating new habits and being willing to invest in ourselves and being willing to get the support that we need, but it's possible. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my God, this is such an, it's such a huge conversation. It's so important. And, and, you know, creating the life that a life that lights you up, like when you and I and our community move to Italy and get a piece of land, <laughs> that's what we talked about on our last call. Um, but like, how can we oh, do, we're it do it differently? <laughs> oh, we're doing, we're doing it, no doubt. Um, but how can we do it differently? Like, there's so many ways, and that's why I love, I love, you know, all the women that we've brought onto the podcast, all these different conversations we're having, because there's so many. This is a never-ending rabbit hole, and it's the best rabbit hole you can go in because you get closer and closer and closer to your own soul and your own magnetism and your own light. Mm-hmm. And life doesn't have like life is always going to be hard, but it doesn't have to be so hard. Like we make it ten million times harder because we're because of where our focus is, or because we're not taking care of ourselves, or because we're not doing the inner work. It's ten million times harder. Absolutely. And, you know, the toxins are stored against uh, where the trauma is stored in the body. So, that, because that's where the circulation slows down. So, yeah. it's really important to do that emotional release and to actually ask yourself those tough questions. There's so many benefits on so many layers. So many. I actually had a session. I've got to go back so good with this woman who's this magical. She, If anyone listening is in Vancouver, 
uh, send me a message if you want her info. Her, her name's Parisa, and she's this magical healer, acupuncturist, um, but does uh, many different things, and she's a, just a beautiful soul. And she does these anti-aging, as she calls it, a natural facelift, and she uses acupuncture, and she uses, um, like, muscle release so she uses like her elbow it's really painful like I cry and scream a lot when she does it but I came out of there and I had like no wrinkles on my forehead my face was like so juicy and plump and I cried a lot because it's um she taught which I studied somatic psychology and all of our emotions get stored in our bodies and there's so much emotion that's stored in the face like so much but it's just trapped there and she says that that's actually one of the things that causes aging is all the emotions that are stored in the face and showed that's what she does the deep tissue release to release different parts of the face and then the acupuncture and a little bit of energy work and after you look like 10 years younger it's so cool so there's so many things out there like that too obviously the inside is so important like not just mm -hmm. doing that because to me that's kind of it's almost like getting Botox like oh just get an appointment get the thing done and then it's good where mm -hmm. it doesn't actually change how you feel on the it, it it does to a degree, but it's one piece of the puzzle. But there's just so much magic out there. There's so much, there's so many mm -hmm. layers to it. And I love what you said earlier about how you can just change a few things and just those few things will make a huge difference. And so that, like even just all the stuff you talked about around the Wi-Fi signals, like what a great, great place for women to start where they can actually just start making these micro changes and see the effect and then you know, that will have them feeling more excited to learn more. Yeah, it's so much more important than taking a probiotic. And I know that people don't want to hear me say that because <laughs> we're doing that. But like Wi-Fi is attacks the, the good bugs and it energizes the bad bugs because the bad bugs actually procreate faster and they release mm -hmm. all sorts of mycotoxins in the presence of Wi-Fi. So if you want to love up your gut, if you want to be happier and healthier, Turn that damn Wi-Fi off while you sleep, please. Yes. I, I wow. just keep coming. I mean, I'm sure we could talk for 10 hours. Oh, this I know. Has, this yeah. has been, <laughs> you know, and, and I love it. You're launching a podcast, right? So everyone can stay immersed in this. And you mentioned you're going to have a membership community coming up in the next couple months. And I'm sure you have availability to work with people one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can find that on vision-nation.com. We'll make sure all those links are in the show notes. And I just, I feel like this last message of you're worth it, mm -hmm. you know, like I have a master's in public health. Like I was sitting in graduate school saying, okay, we're doing all this work for policy change, you know, like we're, we're I'm learning about how to create effective programs, but how well, one, what individuals have access to, right? There, there is a whole conversation about privilege and, and not everyone has access to these tools. And individually, the way we feel about ourselves influences so much. And if I don't feel like I'm worth it, I can listen to this podcast and all these um, amazing suggestions that you've made and then not do anything about it because I won't feel worthy of it, right? The reason we don't invest in ourselves is because we don't feel worthy but the moment right now is you act as if you matter. You act as if yes. you are worthy and you take that first step because I was making $26,000 a year 
working at a nonprofit when I hired my first life coach, which I told, I like threw up when I, you know, wrote a check to this woman. I mean, that was like what I did. Um, and, and it was that of like, I'm willing to believe that I can change my life. I'm willing to believe that I'm worth it. And I'm committed to living this way every day. And I love that you also mentioned it's not about when you feel like it. Like if you wait until you feel like it, you're going to wait forever. And that's where commitment and devotion to yourself comes in. So thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Is there any last, last things you want to offer for all the women listening? Not just how they can find you, but any other nuggets of wisdom they want to land in their hearts. Yeah. Just remember that uh, we're all going through this. So you are not alone. And you are so worth it, like Catherine and Kate say, and that today counts. Yeah. So. Yes. Do it, girl. (laughs) (laughs) The world needs a lot more vibrant, (laughs) turned on, alive beings. Light beings walking through the world. Yes. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Sinclair. That was so fun. Yes. My pleasure. Thank you. And I love your whole audience. Thank you both. And if you loved this episode, you know what to do. Share it with all the women in your life who need to hear this message and be the one who takes a stand for this conversation among your family and friends. And we love you on the new truth. Thank you all for your subscriptions and rating and review makes a huge difference. And you haven't already joined us in the new truth movement Facebook page, Facebook group. I imagine after this episode, we're going to have quite a conversation going in there. So Sinclair, thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, be well. Thank you for listening to the New Truth Podcast. You are a woman first. Throw away the fairy tale story so that you can have the real thing and a life that you freaking love. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and share it with all of the amazing women in your life who need to hear this message. And it's all women. Every woman. <laughs> like every woman you know. Share it with your grandma. You can find us on Instagram at The New Truth Podcast and our website, thenewtruthpodcast.com. Sign up to receive your free gift from us. The three major myths about love keeping you settling, sacrificing, and sabotaging your relationships. Go get it while it's hot. Get it. Stay tuned for our next episode. See you soon. See you soon.